welcome to Ink and Impact, the podcast for Christian writers who want to impact their readers. I'm your host, Daylene Bickle, and each week I'll help you keep a pulse on the publishing industry, showcase Christian authors and their books, and share ways you can improve your craft and magnify your message. Whether you're a fiction or nonfiction writer, traditionally or indie published, established or just starting out, this podcast is for you. Hey there, pen pushers. Welcome back. This week's episode is going to be a bit shorter than usual, but still valuable. Today, I'm going to share about Christian Book Month and reveal the potential financial differences between traditionally published authors and indie or self-published authors. Before we get started, I also wanted to invite you to join the Inkwell Collective. It's a community that God has been knitting together into a vibrant, incredibly supportive collection of Christian writers from around the world. As writers, we tend to struggle to find time to write, and we grow weary of writing alone. Therefore, the foundation of the Inkwell Collective is its multiple live weekly co-writing sessions dedicated to enabling you to advance your word count, receive prayer, and grow in community. And we're soon going to start an evening session as well to better serve those writers who are in other time zones around the world. I know that this podcast has a lot of listeners from Australia and New Zealand. So the evening session here on the Eastern Standard Time of the United States should hopefully enable you to join us at those live writing sessions. But the support and encouragement you get will be phenomenal, and it'll make you look forward to writing again. In addition, within the Inkwell Collective, I also host a monthly craft chat where I answer members' writing, publishing, and marketing questions. Last month, we discussed marketing in general, and this month is going to be in response to a question one of the members asked regarding formatting your manuscript in Microsoft Word. And if time permits, I'm also going to share a little bit about organizing content in Scrivener. Plus, of course, you have 24-7 access within the community to the various spaces. We have various threads and conversation starters that you're welcome to collaborate and connect with other authors in those spaces. So ask questions, interact with the other members, you join, make sure you say hello. We all are just eager to get to know you. So be sure to watch the Inkwell Collective intro video using the link found in the show notes on your podcast player or at inkandimpact.com. So April is Christian Book Month. I wasn't aware of that, actually, until just the other day. Corey Johnson, the founder, who is a children's book reviewer, who started this website, goodbookmom.com, and also she decided that April would be a fantastic month to showcase Christian books because of Easter being in April. And I think that is a great idea. I've often wondered, you know, who is behind naming these designated months and days for things. And I think just anybody can come up with these designations. And so she came up with Christian Book Month. And I just applaud her for that. A big shout out to you, Corey, if you're listening. The highlight of this is that she wants individuals to read more Christian books, right? And to encourage libraries to also 
carry more Christian books. And I thought that was really interesting because I just talked about that on last week's episode of the Ink and Impact podcast when I was sharing Amanda Ganey's tips for, you know, those backlist titles and a couple of the suggestions were regarding libraries. And so she too, here at the Good Book Mom, recommends that people request their libraries, their local libraries to purchase more Christian books. And so you can read more about the Good Book Mom, what she stands for, and all about the Christian Book Month at her website, goodbookmom.com. So then I was just perusing, trying to get some industry updates and stats and different things. I hadn't done that in a while. So I came across this article titled, Survey Finds Self-Published Authors Making Gains. It was written by Jim Milliot in Publishers Weekly. And I thought this was really interesting because it, it gives a really good case for self-publishing. As you know, I am a self-published author and I coach writers and authors through the self-publishing process. So article title caught my attention. And the author refers to a recent indie author survey conducted by the Alliance of Independent Authors, Ally, that shares the earnings of indie authors. So the financials, right? And so this is really, really interesting. Last year in 2022, indie authors reached, and I'm going to quote this here, a median of $12,749 is what indie authors earned. It was a figure higher than those of authors at traditional publishers. It goes on to say the most recent Authors Guild survey in 2018, for example, found the median income of traditional authors to be $6,080, so less than half of what indie authors are making. It goes on to say that the average income of respondents was over $82,600 last year, an increase of 34%, and that was, again, for self-published authors. They say the discrepancy between the median and average author income is the result of outliers on both the high end of the earning pool and the low end. The report found that almost a quarter of respondents had not yet started to earn money from their writing, so that is a significant number of indie authors not making any money, but 28% were generating more than six figures. Almost half of the respondents, 43.8%, reported income of more than $20,000. And that ends the quote there. So let's say, for example, that you are looking to, to join the ranks of those almost 50% of indie authors that earn $20,000. Now, the drawback, of course, of being self-published is that you have to pay upfront for all of your publishing costs. The editor, the designer, you create your own website, all of that is something that you are required to pay for your, by yourself. So let's take all this in, into consideration. Even if you spent $7,000 to produce your book, which might sound like a lot, but let's break it down, say $2,000 for an editor, if you're writing a novel, $3,000 for the book cover and interior design by a, a professional designer, maybe $1,000 for a professional website, and let's say $1,000 for miscellaneous expenses like purchasing your ISBN and ordering author copies and your website hosting fees and your email service provider, you know, all of those ancillary things. It might not add up to $1,000. It might be a little bit more depending on who you go with, what your decisions are. But let's just say in general, you spent $7,000 to produce this book. 
But if you're like half of the indie authors polled, you're still making more than twice what the average traditional author makes, even after you subtract out your expenses. So that's really encouraging. And of course, income is directly related to sales. And sales are largely dependent on genre and marketing efforts. So if you don't promote your book, or if you don't do it well, you won't earn much money. And if you're not writing one of the most popular genres, you won't necessarily sell as many books as those who are. But then again, too, we have to take into consideration that we're Christian writers, and we're not selling to the secular masses. So there's that to consider, too. So if you're like me, you might have wondered, well, what are the most popular genres? So that same article, the Publishers Weekly article, said that the three most popular genres are romance, number one. Then the second is a combined fantasy, sci-fi, slash speculative. And the third is crime, thriller, detective. I love research, and I'm always curious. Caused me to go down a series of research rabbit holes to understand what speculative fiction is. I've heard it. I'm familiar with it being used on multiple podcasts, author podcasts, and different things, but I had an idea of what it might be, but I wasn't quite 100% sure. I wouldn't have been able to define it to you here on this podcast, so I looked it up. And according to fictionfile.com, it's fiction containing elements that don't exist in reality, recorded history, nature, or the present universe. The speculative genre also encompasses myriad themes, including supernatural, futuristic, and many other imaginative topics. Under this umbrella category, subgenres include science fiction, fantasy fiction, horror fiction, superhero power story, and more. So I was like, okay, I understand that. I'm not sure what I think about that as far as the, if it, carries over into the Christian realm. Some people will say so. I have seen some books published and talked about being speculative Christian fiction. I personally have not ever read any. If you have read some, if you're a fan of Christian speculative fiction and can recommend some authors or books, please let me know. Email me at info, info at inkandimpact.com. I'm very curious. But then my next question was about the romance category especially when I came across an article titled Colleen Hoover's Effect on Christian Romance, another Publishers Weekly article. So that article was saying that some Christian romance publishers are now open to stories with a little spice. What does that mean? So again, off I hopped down that rabbit trail trying to determine what spice meant. Well, I don't know if you are interested in these things as well, so I won't go into it on this episode. Believe me, the romance topic could be an entire episode of its own, but I just want you to know that there is opportunity for you to make a profit with your books, especially if you're an indie author willing to push past fears and insecurities and are willing to follow God's leading and put in the effort to market your books. So that concludes today's episode. Be sure to come back next week when I discuss what to look for in a hybrid publisher with guest author Amanda Waters 
And if you have any additional comments or suggestions about today's topic, I welcome them. Let me know your thoughts. What are you seeing in your browsing? What articles are you coming across that are making you scratch your head and you're wondering more about those? If you're not a researcher and you want to know more about it, send it my way. I love research. I told somebody the other day, if I could get paid to do research for authors and people, I would so do that. But anyway, there I go off on a tangent again when I told you the episode was done. So I am ending it now and I hope that you'll join me next week. And in the meantime, have a blessed week and keep writing. That's it for today, fellow pen pusher. Remember, don't just write a book, make an impact.